Hi, and welcome to episode one of Daily Dose Danny. Today I'm talking to Steffi. I think she's very inspiring, and I found her here in Hong Kong through attending her yoga class. Not only does she focus on yoga, but she actually is the founder of Your Life, Your Playground, which she started in the Netherlands in 2011. Welcome to the show, Steffi. I'm so glad to have you here as my first episode. Tell us more about you um, and why you started this journey. Hi, Danny. Yeah, thank you. It is, um, it is a pleasure. And thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Um, and I'm really happy to be here with you today. Yeah, me too. So I have a whole list of questions for you. Um, I've personally been on a journey where I've really been looking into uh, life coaches and yoga and how to sort of improve my own lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I think it's great to be able to chat with you today. Um, so tell me more about sort of your process and why you started on this journey to being a yoga instructor and a life coach. Well, I guess, I mean, if I start telling you everything, it will last for really long. But I tell you a bit about me. Um, I guess I was always interested in the mind, the human mind, in happiness and why are we here and um, what is important and what matters. And um, I didn't choose a career as philosophy or psychology and I studied communications and worked in the media and TV for a while. But after 10 years working in the corporate world, I found myself profoundly dissatisfied in just spending too many hours at the office um, with not really meaning and purpose. And um, I also was suffering from anxiety um, at certain stages in my life, like it came first as panic attacks, which um, I had no idea what they were. Um, so that together with my sense of dissatisfaction led me to go to the States to do a life coaching um, program. And after my education, when I got back to the Netherlands, um, I started basically your life, your playground. Um, through the program, I found answers for myself and I evolved a lot on my way of thinking, on my way of being. And uh, at that point in my life, the anxiety and the panic attacks were, you know, past. And I was in control of my mind. I was in charge of my mind. And I figured through mindfulness and other techniques like NLP, how to maneuver in a more resourceful way uh, my life. So yeah, Your Life, Your Playground was born with with the desire of helping others and impacting other people's lives so that they can be uh, more fulfilled and live with more purpose and meaning. And to get there, there are like layers to, to, to peel. You know, there's a lot of fear that, that we need to break through. Uh, everybody got fear. And I believe that for people to live their purpose or to, 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 for people to, to live their potential, they need to break through that fear, which, by the way, is what gives uh, humans anxiety and, and, and depression and other problems. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like being living abroad 
in in Korea previously and now Hong Kong fear has been a thing that I've had to deal with through numerous phases in my life and you don't even know you're making fear-based decisions until later so I think that's such a great thing that you're sort of you know dealing with ways to overcome that fear through life coaching and yoga um, I mean the fear you yeah you say later but in the moment if you become present to what it is you do feel the fear in your body so when you were in Korea and you happen to think about what is the next move or um, where are you taking your career I mean then you move to Hong Kong um, I believe so that um, that you, if you become present to what it is, you are aware of your fear and it, it, it resonates, it's in your body. So uh, once it's there, it's what you do with it. Do you go into your default and just do the same as you used to do? Or is that, okay, here it is, I'm insecure or I'm scared or here's the fear. Am I going to take the leap mm. or not? What am I going to do with this? Because yeah. fear is natural. Our mind is wiring fear. It's more like, how do we cope with fear? Or how do we break through fear? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, definitely if you're mindful enough, you're more aware of fear at the time that it's happening. I'm All definitely right. not mindful enough. So for me, it's a process and I only figure out later, I guess, what was the cause of, of certain decisions um, and reactions. So it's like a delayed, I guess, response to my body. Uh, mm, although when you look backwards and you reflect introspectively on how you felt and why does it help you to now be more mindful and to take, make decisions based on love or the truth instead of fear mm. does it help you? Uh, um, oh sorry you're asking <laughs> Sorry, I'm listening yeah, to, to your beautiful accent. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think it, it definitely helps now. I'm more mindful um, and I try to understand the emotions of the current situation instead of only finding it out later. So it's definitely helping for sure. Um, and I think actually coming to your yoga class was also sort of my way of trying to be more present and being the moment. Um, so, but, but tell me more, um, back to another question I had for you is how are you sort of merging yoga and life coaching and, and how do those two sort of coexist together? How do you manage both? Do you handle them very separately? How are they interconnected for you? So I, as I said earlier, I mean, life coaching came before yoga, um, and then I did have uh, back problems issues that led me to join a yoga class um, it was purely physical at that time and I didn't really enjoy yoga I must be honest but um, because I was used to more impact training and uh, you know I was a swimmer and more competitive so the whole yoga thing didn't kind of uh, resonate at first but um it did help me with my back and um, through the resistance I felt in yoga and seeing being mindful and observing my competitive my, my competitivity is that a word competitivity yeah competitivity and Com my competitive um, I guess <laughs> competitive yeah, is that how yeah. Competitive I was and yeah how 
bothered I was not to be flexible or not to be the best uh, in the class um, was really interesting. And the teacher was talking beyond the body, you know, and and and, and going uh, trying to make us more mindful. So through through that, I, I decided to do a yoga teaching training in India, and it was a very humbling experience. Uh, I must say, it was pretty philosophical and mental, beyond physical, and I could see completely how, I mean, we are mind and body, and the more aligned they are, the better. We're mind, body, and spirit. I say we're spiritual beings having. Um, a physical experience and no matter if your journey starts with the physical or with the mental at the end of the day we all want to be more at ease more calm happier more connected so yoga does that for you and if you start with the asana practice it's more physical but it has it echoes in the mind and you can start also with life coaching and you start working with your patterns of beliefs and it's mental, but both aim to the same and it's becoming more aligned with, you know, with who you are actually beyond mind and body and aligning both mind and body. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that, that explains. Yeah, yeah, that explains it. I, I get it. I, I guess they both sort of overlap in so many ways, as you say. Um, so yeah I totally agree I think yoga is like the entry level and then as you grow into that like life coaching makes a lot of sense as well to grow in your in your reaching certain like mental goals as well so there's not uh, you know life coaching or psychology or like going to a shrink or going to somebody has been taboo for many years and I think it's a more vulnerable thing to say that I am going to a yoga class, right? Mm. Uh, even now where we have evolved a lot, I can see people, um, it's, it's very, it's fairly easy for people to show up in a yoga class, but it's not that easy to, to, to go to a life coach or to share with others. Oh yeah, I'm going to my mentor. I'm going to my coach mm. because kind of it implies that, you know, there's something wrong with you or your mind uh, not everyone but still hmm. it's happening yeah there's definitely a stigma but I, I'm a firm believer everyone should be talking to someone because we yeah. all need that outsider who we can reflect and bounce our thoughts off and check that are we on the right path are we we always need that whether you're you feel like you're going through issues or not like just talking to someone is so helpful um, I personally was actually speaking to someone that's South African but living in Dubai and we would do like bi-weekly um, Skype calls so I'd never actually met her face to face but that really helped sort of guide me through where I wanted to go and what I was sort of searching to find out for myself so I, I think it's great I'm, I'm all for being more open about like you know speaking to people and stuff so so with with your life coaching um obviously with the current situation do you do a lot of online and offline life coaching or how do you normally go about it i do both online and offline and it has been always the case because i did have clients in holland where i used to live in the netherlands mm-hmm. and now i'm in hong kong for seven years so i still have some clients in the netherlands 
in I mean given the pandemic and, and the situation I've offered also sessions offline online so virtually is happening um, my preferred way is life one-to-one but both options are available and they, they need to be because the circumstances are what they are right now exactly and and, and they need to be so and in hong kong fortunately the restrictions were tough a couple of months ago but now things have eased a, a little bit so we do have the opportunity of meeting one-to-one and and continue doing the the life coaching sessions the private ones the one-to-one but also the group coaching that i think i mentioned earlier i'm doing with women the mentoring sessions yes yeah yeah. tell tell me more about that i saw that you were out somewhere in hong kong it looked like such a fabulous uh woman's trip for the weekend um tell us more what that was about yeah it's, it's really exciting to to see um that you know as we mentioned earlier it is a bit of a stigma but simultaneously people are awakening to uh wanting more mental well-being emotional well-being and i'm working with the spanish chamber of commerce here in um, in hong kong and uh, i'm part of the women in business committee and it was very tangible that everybody wanted to um, get out of the city is pretty hectic it's stressful we cannot travel anywhere so i was um, leading a retreat with 16 um, women and on that retreat we work uh, at a mental level and we also work at a physical level we did um, yoga and we practice breathing and mindfulness and we also did some group coaching which i find to be very very uh effective and very fulfilling for me because when you go to a private life coaching session is you and your coach or you and your mentor and of course you find insights and you learn a lot but you are still in that safe space bubble with your coach when you are with 16 other people sharing something authentically and from a very raw and vulnerable place and everybody does the same um one it connects us and two i believe it makes us um stronger and more empowered in our journey because we realize we are all the same you know mm. different issues different beliefs uh, different backgrounds but at the end of the day we are all getting stuck in uh in certain places we all have fears and it's just uh an amazing way to 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 connect with other women and to have benefits personally in your life you know so that retreat um that happened recently was uh, amazing it was an awesome experience i think everybody got a lot out of it and for me it was uh deeply meaningful mm. and um I think that's so great you're doing that, especially in a br- abroad, because as you know, women abroad, it's always tough to, to sometimes connect. People are always coming and going. So I think it's such a great opportunity to connect with women that are on the same spiritual journey or looking to sort of grow together. So it's such a great way to, to sort of network, especially being abroad. Yeah, that's a good point. 
being abroad, you know, like uh, a commonality here is that we are all kind of expats. So there's a lot of like international people coming from all parts of life, which is simultaneously so enriching, if you would say so. But having opportunities like that help us gain a common denominator in meeting, you know, uh, like-minded um, women and I I hope that out of that retreat, you know, the bonds between people grew and that some women really became friends. Oh, I'm sure that happened, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially being, like you said, so vulnerable with other women is sometimes just what we need, especially all being stuck in countries right now, not being able to go home. That that network is of support is really, really important. Yeah. 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 So when is your next event? Are you going to host another one? And and what would the the goal and the concept of the next one be? So the the, the idea is the same. Um, The idea is women empowering women. And uh, we do that through authentic sharing. And I have no date for a coming retreat. as you mentioned, we cannot travel. Normally, I do my retreats abroad. Like, I had this retreat in Sicily this year. I had this retreat in Indonesia. But everything has been cancelled. And we kind of have to re- reinvent ourselves. And um, in Hong Kong, within Hong Kong, the options are limited. Um, but I'm planning to do another retreat before the end of the year. And most likely, uh, my current clients and students will be um, joining. I do have this uh, weekly uh, mentoring group for women. Uh, and it's not that I have anything against men, you know. Um, I know. And, uh, <laughs> as awesome as women. But I'm happy to be a woman myself. And I believe that women thrive when sharing and expressing themselves. And we are by nature more nourishing and yeah, we are in Hong Kong, and I think by connecting and by sharing that way, we will thrive. And I am really in for women uh, blossoming and following their dreams and, and getting out there and, you know, having uh, all the opportunities they deserve, not not holding back because of fear or belief. So I think these um, women um, groups, yeah, I, I'm... I'm extremely happy doing this, you know. It's, it's, yeah, these women groups are, are an amazing opportunity uh, for, for women to, to, to thrive. Yeah. So stay tuned because you will be probably back in Hong Kong. I know that. You know, Very soon, yes. <laughs> yeah. Once you're back in town, um, probably before Christmas, we'll do um, another retreat. That yes. would be amazing. I'll definitely join for the next one. Is it in English or just Spanish? Normally. English. I mean, it happened to be that it would be in English, but with my nice Spanish accent. I know, the beautiful (laughs) accent. (laughs) No, the the past retreat was in Spanish. But actually, funny enough, I was leading the sessions in English, even though everybody was Spanish, because I've been abroad, like, what, like, half of my life now. Danny. Yeah. So like I'm 38, half of my life is being in a foreign country or foreign countries. Mm. So um, I'm more used to 
speak English with a Spanish accent than speaking Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> so quick question. Yeah. So you've lived in so many countries across the world. Where do you feel that life coaching and yoga and your way of thinking, which country's been the easiest to sort of live that out to? Who was more open-minded? Who's, where was your busiest market, so to say? Um, like, was it more in Europe? How do you feel Hong Kong is receiving that? Like, do you feel like life coaching has become very popular there? Uh, what's your opinion on each country on the mindfulness and yoga practices? I must say that um, Holland, the Netherlands, was pretty receptive to um, life coaching, personal growth, self-development, um, People are pretty open-minded. So when I decided to go for, um, to start your life, your playground, it was really well received. Um, Europe is a continent and it's very small continent, but the countries differ a lot. We are very different. So definitely in Spain, I would say they are behind or they were behind in, in terms of opening up to, to mental well-being, physical well-being. I believe now it kind of is growing, um, but I don't live in Spain, but I, it's growing. I get requests from some of my Spanish uh, friends that are in the medical and pharmaceutical industry or, uh, yeah, some entrepreneurs. There's some awakening in Spain, yeah. Then um, Hong Kong has been always receptive. I believe, you know, it's Hong Kong, like no other place in the world, is such a melting pot, and everybody's here. Everybody's much of a doer, and and, and everybody's much into growth and, and open and, and and learning. And so, yeah, Hong Kong has been great for me. That's amazing. I feel like yeah. it's an amazing uh, market, it's an amazing place to to explore and to, to do what you what you want to do. And for me is is yoga, is mental mental health, is coaching and I find it an amazing place to be. Mm, I yeah. agree. I, I love Hong Kong. I think it's so international and we get exposed. I've I've been really inspired since I moved to Hong Kong. Um, so I think it's been such a good city for me personally as well. Uh, what so is the difference because you lived in Korea? Yes. What is the difference between Hong Kong and Korea? I'm just curious. Uh, the difference, well, Hong Kong is much more English. So I love that everything's a lot easier. Because when I first moved to Korea in 2011, um, it was very different. English wasn't as predominant, so going to the bank was hard ending up in the emergency room sometimes right and no one spoke English and you sort of mime what's wrong with you so it was definitely an experience of better understanding a culture where English isn't the predominant language so it made me much more patient and understanding with non-English speakers I think um, so that helped a lot for my marketing side of things because it's about global mindset but local mentality and being very careful and aware of each country's local cultures and ways of living and because what you apply in America or abroad doesn't always apply 
to other countries around the world and it's adapting strategies to different markets so i guess i guess that that was a big part of a learning curve that i needed to experience Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but there's so many differences. Um, yeah, I've been only once in Korea, being so old, and my experience was, well, I mean, taxis wouldn't even take me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, 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 we don't speak the language. Yeah, it's just very hard. Um, yeah, for me, it's very interesting, but it's very hard. While in Hong Kong, yeah, Hong Kong is a very international place. Exactly. So you find people parts of life everybody speaks english well kind of everybody speaks english right? exactly so i feel like i did an upgrade language wise moving to hong kong but um mm-hmm. for sure korea had other great things about it that i miss like the food and uh it's definitely a lot more affordable than hong kong so yeah lifestyle was definitely very different but uh yeah all great cities so um but but one last thing as well what i wanted to ask is for yourself what what sort of um, routines do you have in your life or your daily habits that help you stay mindful and focused? And like, what what's some advice you would give that that are things simple things that you do on a daily basis that help you? It's just like right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm banana. Yeah. Um, so I like to start my day kind of in a healthy way. What that means? I just went for a run. So I go for a run or do some yoga uh, or sit down and do some breathing. Uh, and I remind myself with positive affirmations uh, to just simply stay present and stay mindful and remind yourself every time you feel fear or insecurity, stay present to it and do what you are actually supposed to do. Don't let fear stop you. These are just simple things that I do in my life. Um, And then when I work, and not only when I work, even when I'm with friends, I try to really immerse myself in the moment. And what that means is you calm down that monkey mind, really mindfully listen, (laughs) to, to be present. You know, there's so many opportunities. You don't necessarily need to sit on a, on, a, on a pillow on the floor close your eyes put your hands on your knees and meditate um, meditation can happen in, in many forms and one of them is simply by living your life in a more present way so when you are with a, a person you are with that person and you are listening interacting and really trying to stay focused on that moment if you go running then you are running if you're playing tennis you're playing tennis you try to be present with what you are doing at each moment, each time, you know, mm-hmm. and then reduce or maybe schedule moments where you want to actually plan and think about the future or when you want to reflect on the past, but do it in a conscious manner. So I choose to schedule this time for me to think about what I'm going to do next or to, to, to plan ahead. But I am not in my monkey mind when I live my day today because one is not useful, it's not efficient, and I'm not gonna get the most out of anything I'm doing. If I'm working out, but I am thinking about, worried about what I'm gonna do in two weeks, or if this happens, or if this happens, then I'm not getting the most out of what I'm doing. Mm. 
So like I intentionally make a choice to be 100% in the moment. I intentionally set that set that with with everything I do. Yeah, and that's and so much easier said than done cuz I I as well sometimes I'll be sitting right next to someone and then I'll look at my phone and 5 minutes go by and I just totally disappeared out of the moment. So it's not that easy. It sounds easy, but it's really not like it's so quick to to lose that mindfulness of being in the moment. I mean, especially with all that distraction. Yeah, you you're right. I mean, do we have the phone? Uh, we have uh yeah, the phone is great and it's amazing and it connects us and and we have full access to a lot of information and we can expose ourselves and it's a beautiful window but simultaneously there's a lot of distraction so it's, it's you have to have a strong mind like you next to being aware is like you have to be you have to have a strong mind and decide okay I put the, the phone aside mm. but i believe that that is a habit like going for jogging or going jogging it's also a habit You know what I mean? At the beginning when you if you never jog, if you never run and you go for a run, you need to really have that motivation and it's hard. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes, right? Exactly. It's just like building a healthy habit for your mind. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So it, with the with the going jogging, it is very tangible and it's very obvious, but with the phone it would be the same thing. Maybe I suggest okay, schedule time slots where you fully dedicate yourself to watching your phone answering emails you know it's kind of time management it's like okay now i open myself to the world the online world through the phone but not being constantly disrupted because that's what aggravates the fluctuations of the mind and what i call the monkey mind yeah what do you mean when you say monkey mind you've said that a few times but i don't think i quite understand what you mean with it <laughs> But the monkey mind I think is a Buddhist um is it it is a Buddhist term I mean you know the monkeys they are like all over the place and you know from one thing to the other moving fast and and not grounded and not calm so I think the Buddhists observe that behavior in the monkeys and draw a parallel with our human minds so the human mind actually acts pretty much like a monkey so that that's makes why sense <laughs> That totally makes sense. In 2017, I did this TED TEDx talk, and um, I started talking about the uh, monkey mind right at the beginning. Maybe you can uh, watch it. Yeah, I'll go But, check yeah, it out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it refers to that, you know, distracted, non-focused mind that goes from one thought to the other, from one thing to the other, non-stop, rumbling in a constant trapping and that's completely the opposite of being mindful mm. and and grounded and you know think about it if you're in your monkey mind you are completely carried away with every thought and every feeling right you are not in charge you simply going through the motions as your mind goes and your feelings go so it's about mindfulness would be okay we we observe the monkey mind we go we stop we observe the monkey mind and we start making more conscious choices 
if that makes sense. Definitely. And more productive thinking as well. I think if you're really mindful, you're just managing your thoughts the way you would manage your time. So Correct. I think that's so neat. Finally, the opportunity. If you are in the monkey mind, you don't even have the opportunity to decide. You are, you are, you think you're steering the wheel of your car, but you are not. You're not. So practicing mindful, mindfulness, like you kind of sit back to observe and watch the show and then decide, okay, well, I don't like this that I'm doing. Why oh, I like this that I'm doing? Oh, this is serving me. This is not. And, and that is when you live a conscious life because you can actually decide. Otherwise, you don't even have the choice. Very you can true. decide how you want to live your life. Very, very so, true. Yeah. Yeah. That's insightful. Yeah. Thank you. So one last question before we wrap up. Um, yeah. What are your goals for 2021? Where are you planning on taking um, your business? What are you planning on expanding into? Um, some thoughts of, of where you're thinking of taking your life, your playground next year. So I'm currently uh, revamping my website and given the uh, context and the circumstances, I realize that we live in a global world and that I want to do give my offering globally, offline and online. So I'm hoping this website helps um, helps grow that, that reach to, to guide, inspire, or inspire us people all around the world even when we are not physically together and um, I'm excited about having that platform online soon hopefully by the end of this year and for 2021 you know I guess more than ever we are living a little bit in the moment so I have plans but I'm very aware that they may need to be changed so I have planned to create these um, this conscious retreats at a larger scale. And I wouldn't mind, it's part of my plan to be back in the media, uh, somehow on TV or radio, but with meaningful content, or at least content that can make an impact on humanity and help people deal with the challenges that we are today facing. I think that's so great because honestly, obviously, you know, I work in digital marketing and social media and I think there's such an influx of content that's negative or just um, not not positive or so I think it's so good if you if your goal is to put out more positive content, promote sort of that healthy mentality. I think that's really great Um, and I'm sure you're going to do amazing things and help people in many ways still in 2020 and 2021 (laughs) but yes you're right we shouldn't plan too far ahead because who knows what the future holds the the intention the intention is there the the vision is clear and I think that matters most become very congruent and in alignment with who you are and what you want in terms of goals while staying open and being resilient and adapting to the context because I am aware I don't have control over what is going to happen. So I think those two and being aware of those two will help me navigate. Exactly. 
those are both important points of having the goals and the plans but being flexible on changing and adapting as things go yeah very yeah. important we forget that for sometimes everyone, exactly for all of us But it's kind of like yeah living comfortable in the uncomfortable living comfortable in the uncertainty that we are confronted with you know and um yeah being really clear on who we are in terms of values and and what we want out of life life is short life is fragile you know definitely so how to make the most out of it and be really clear but simultaneously being able to maneuver and adapt quickly to the context to the circumstances and environment yeah yeah i agree i agree thank you so much for all your wise words and i'm excited to join your events going forward in hong kong um and i really appreciate you being my first podcast episode how exciting we'll hopefully do another one together <laughs> How exciting. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you, Danny. Like um it was not easy to figure out times given that we are agreed. But I, I am excited to see you back in Hong Kong. Yes, me too. Do more great things and um yeah, thank you for having me on your first podcast. I just love hearing women's stories, especially those doing it for themselves and being abroad at the same time. I really hope that this podcast was helpful and that you will reach out to Steffi and get more perspective on your mental health and well-being, whether you're in Hong Kong or based anywhere else in the world, to find your happiness and be more mindful and conscious. If you know any women out there who have a fabulous story, have started their own business or just inspire you for who they are, get in touch and I'd happily talk to them on the next podcast. I hope this was useful and insightful and talk soon.